in today's show. We're talking about the LA Clippers for fantasy basketball for the upcoming season, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're talking about the Clippers the deepest team in the entire NBA, the one that's going to have frustrating roster decisions and lineup management decisions every day. And that might make them a weird team for fantasy. Throw in the fact that there's a lot of back-to-backs, a shit playoff schedule, and you've got a recipe for, I don't know what, something weird. Anyway, we've got stuff to talk about. Let's start with an intro to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Not an intro, you've heard me talk about it plenty of times, but now's your chance to get your entries in for the Clippers, the Clippers division. In the subject line, you write Clippers Cats or Clippers Points if you want in categories or points leagues. Points leagues has less demand. This is a 360-team league, 360-team category league, 360-team points league. Winner gets $4,500. For, um, entry fee is $25, slow drafts on fan tracks, rules linked below, hopefully, if I remember it. Email lofbbowl at gmail.com. Later on in the show, I will tell you something that you should include or you have to include in that email to get your entry and you can throw whatever else you want in there. Um, Some of them I pick at random. Some of them I pick because they've got funny stories or funny photos or interesting stories, interesting facts, whatever. Something that just catches my eye at the time as I sift through the thousands of emails that we do get to try and enter into this contest into this uh, league. So if you want to do it, lofbbowl at gmail.com, Clippers Cats or Clippers Points, and we'll get more info later on about what you need to put in that email to get into the league. Schedule. They have a league high 60 quality games. They're going to be on low volume days a lot. A lot. And that's great because I think they're going to have a lot of streaming options. A lot of them as well. So you're going to get great use out of Clippers guys off the wire. Some of the back-end guys you might want to take flyers on works out pretty well for you as well. The problem is the rest of the schedule is bad. 15 back-to-backs, that's a league high. And when you've got Kawhi Leonard returning from an ACL injury, you've got John Wall with his injury problems. I don't think Paul George is going to routinely sit back-to-backs. There's no reason to. He doesn't have a lower body injury. He doesn't have a recent history of lower body injuries apart from that broken leg. His other ones have been elbows and shoulders. I don't think he just routinely sits every back-to-back. He might miss some of them. But Kawhi and John Wall, they're going to miss a lot of games. That's minimum 15 for Kawhi. That's the big one. Minimum 15, I would say that he misses. So he maxes out at 67 games. Does he get to 60? That, that makes it tough. And then, playoff schedule. You end on March 19th, which is my recommended schedule. You've got nine games. In the scheme of it, it's not the worst. I think the most over that time frame is 11. They have a 4-2-3, but that two-game week kills you. A two-game week is really bad. 
You end your playoffs on March 26th. Well, it's a horrendous playoff schedule. Eight games. 2-3-3. That is shocking. And if you end on Yahoo default, it's 10. It's April 2nd. It's 3-3-4. Not too bad. That two-game week kills it. They go 2-3-3-3 over a four-week period. That's rough, man. That's rough. So it does... It should take... Not precedence. It should take have some input in your decision whether you are drafting Kawhi, whether you are drafting Paul George, because semi-final week of March 19th, you get two games out of those guys. You definitely don't want to put them together. You wouldn't want to draft both of those guys on the same team for that reason. That's probably one of the bigger takeaways, is that don't draft Kawhi round two, Paul George round three, or George two and Kawhi three, because that's a killer in the fantasy playoffs. Not so much if you finish Yahoo default, 10 games, not too bad. Eight games is rough. And that two-game week is a real, real killer. That's the thing that I really hate is the two-game weeks. They're bad. But as I did say the other day, there are so many two-game weeks this year in the playoffs, as opposed to like maybe one in previous years, that the impact is lessened somewhat, as I just go on to tell you how bad it is. It's lessened from where it would have been a couple of years ago. The pressure points. What impacts the projections? The rotation. I don't know who they're going to play. They've got 12 rotation players. And if they were a, a bad team or a fringe playoff team, BJ Boston would be a rotation player too. They have got so many. Leonard, George, Zubats, Powell, Covington, Wall, Batum, Jackson, Morris, Mann, Kennard, Boston, Coffey. It's 13 guys. You know, Maybe don't put Boston in there. That's 12 guys. How do they make the choice? Who starts a point guard? Does it actually matter? Is it Reggie Jackson or John Wall? Do they play 25 minutes each, lapping, overlapping a little bit? Does one guy get 30 minutes, the other guy get 18 minutes or 20 minutes? Yeah, I think both of them are just later round players, but has an impact. What about the resting plan? We do expect Kawhi to miss one of every back-to-back. Does he miss more? Does Paul George miss them? Does John Wall miss them? Does Reggie Jackson miss them? Does Marcus Morris and his bung knee miss them? Maybe they just do it because they've got so much depth. Maybe Paul George does sit five or six back-to-backs because they can slide other players into bigger roles, Covington or Morris or Batum. They can sit wall because Jackson can play. They've got Norm Powell who can come in and take the scoring slack away from Paul George if he has to sit a game. But we don't know what their plan is. So there's an, there's an element of risk. Now, not all of these guys are going to get sat. Like Reggie Jackson doesn't sit back-to-backs, I don't think. Norman Powell doesn't. Covington doesn't. Batum, yeah, maybe he does. Zubats probably doesn't. Because that's the other thing. Who the hell are the centers on this team? It's Zubats, and then it is the C part of Moses Brown, who's not even on a guaranteed deal, might not make the roster. They're going to just be playing small a lot, I expect. Or do they bring in LaMarcus Aldridge, the return of Blake Griffin, Hassan Whiteside, they probably should, Tristan Thompson? Because at the moment, Zubats could play 32 minutes a night. Tyloo has hated that idea in the past. And keeps him at 24, 25, 26. Can he actually play? Or they just play small for 25 minutes a night with Batum, Covington, Morris playing small ball center. Zubats played 24 minutes a night last year. Last year. Like that, I don't know what they're going to do. Could, could they sign another center? Sure. We just saw Dennis Schroeder go to the Lakers. Like they could bring in Hassan Whiteside. He plays 18 minutes. Zubats plays 24 minutes and they go small the rest of the time. And any perceived value you have from Zubats just disappears straight away. But we just, at this point, there's no center. It's him and that's it. 
and that gives him value and it puts him into the discussion to be a breakout candidate, but it might go up in the air. And that was a subtle transition for me to tell you that he is the breakout candidate on this team. I don't think anyone's changing their opinion on George or Leonard or Wall or Jackson or Powell or Batum or Covington or Morris. They might on Zubats if he has to play 30 minutes a night. I think he's quite a good player. He's a really good player. But do we get the national opinion of if it's a Zubats change as a 30-minute-a-night center who averages 13 and 8, blocks one and a half shots, pretty efficient, fits in perfectly with the surrounding cast, becomes a top 100 fantasy guy? That's all a possibility for Zubats this season to really, you know, maybe extends the top 75. I don't really know how he does that. Probably need 30 minutes a night to get there. And that's, again, it's not outrageous to suggest that he could play 30 minutes a night when you look at this roster. Or are they literally making Robert Covington a full-time backup center? And Covington plays 24 minutes behind Zubats and gets a couple other minutes at the four. They could do that as well. They just, just don't know. But Zubats probably is in line to be the biggest breakout candidate on this team. The biggest breakout candidate for best place to check all of the action for pro and college football is betonline.net. It's already broken out though, because they're the number one source for all of your sports and football betting needs and info. Find all the latest football developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including week three action, which is already up over at the site. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live sports, live betting, sorry, esports and scores. We've got games up what about for LA, the Chargers, seven point favorites against the Jaguars. Sorry, as I sneeze mid-ad. I'm sure BetOnline's going to love that sense of... Um, it's uh, real life taking place in the middle of a show. Anyway, as I was saying, the Chargers are seven-point favorites over the Jaguars, and you can find all of that action over at BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, which also includes Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. Okay. Um, let's look at some sleepers. For a team that's this good, there are a few. I actually think that the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> I think he's a sleeper. Because he's ranked really low. I know he missed all of last season. So, out of sight, out of mind. I know that they play the most amount of back-to-backs with 15. Kawhi, the last time he played, was the ninth-ranked player per game. Played 52 games. He was fifth the year before that in 57 games. In totals, he ranked 20th, 10th, and 20th the last three seasons that he played. All right? With those limited games. So, Kawhi having an ADP of 28 on Yahoo. The 25 on Fantrax is fair. It's back end second round. But 46 on ESPN. Do I think he plays 30 games? He'd almost have to play 40 games to be there. Or be just so rusty and playing 30 minutes a night only. To not reach that number. I think Paul George at 28 is also undervalued. George was 13th per game last year. I know he only played 31 games with a torn uh, UCL in his elbow. It's a freak injury, man. Like, are you worried, man? I'm really worried about Paul George's elbow going again. I'm not. Am I worried about him spraining his shoulder, which happened the year before? No. Like, these are freak weird things. And yeah, it keeps happening to him. Does that mean that it's going to happen again? I don't think so. 
I don't think he's got first-round upside like when he was in OKC. He is 32 now. I don't think he's got that upside. The two steals value, I don't think so. He loses usage. He loses some assists with Kawhi back. All of that's true. That still makes him a back-end second-round player. And an ADP of 28 on fan tracks, even the 25 on ESPN, is probably a bit low. Talked about Zubats already, and there is uncertainty. But on fan tracks, he's at 112, and at ESPN, he's at 134. I love getting him at 134 on ESPN. That's round 11. 112 at round 10 is pretty good as well. This is potentially a top nine guy, and we bang on, or I bang on, about how centers are annoying, and they're hard to get, and finding rebounds late is tough. So when you're down that late, and there's not many starting sets, him and Brook Lopez really around, maybe Nick Claxton, you know, Zubats has got the safety of free throw percentage. He's also got safety of upside if they do play him 30 minutes, and that can be useful. And for deeper leagues, I think Marcus Morris, I'm not, I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. Last year, though, he was 143rd in 29 minutes. I think getting 29 minutes with Kawhi back, full season of Paul George, and Robert Covington, full season, he won't probably play 29 minutes. He was 143rd, though. I wouldn't bother with him in 12-team leagues. But his fan track's ADP is 276. I think we're getting too harsh there. 200, maybe? I could, I could see it. It's getting too harsh. In points leagues, no one really stands out. And weirdly, for a popular team, there's no one really that stands out as a big bust, except Reggie Jackson's ADP of 92 on fan tracks is too high. Jackson played 31 minutes a night last season and was 139th. Not only do I don't think he plays 31 minutes, like how is he improving 40 spots with John Wall and Kawhi and Paul George there? And a full season of Norman Powell, who played, what, 10 games for the Clippers or something? You don't see how that's... That makes remotely any sense. Don't go near Reggie Jackson at pick 92. There's just no sense in it. To me, he's a guy that you don't want in 12s or really 14. Look, he's getting drafted 135 on Yahoo. That's too high as well. I get taking a last-round flyer on him, maybe. I just don't see the upside. He's not a good category league player in general, and now he's got those big players in Powell and Kawhi and George and then Wall all coming back and doing way more, theoretically, than what happened last season. Some of them are definitely going to do more than last season. I mean, that's Kawhi. Flyer picks. This is what I like to do last round of a 12-team. Like, I wouldn't bother with Marcus Morris. I wouldn't bother with Reggie Jackson. Terrence Mann, maybe, but where the hell does he play? How on earth does he get enough minutes to return that value? He doesn't. That's why the only guy I really look at here is Johnny Wall. Because he might win the starting spot. He might play 28 minutes. He might average seven assists. Might be 18 points. Might be 15 points on 40% shooting, which is rough. But seven assists, six and a half assists, that's really valuable. He also might play 20 minutes as a backup behind Reggie Jackson and be completely useless. And I drop him straight away. But I'd rather take a flyer on him than Morris or Batum or um, Canard or Mann or any of those guys. Because I just don't see the path to that role for those guys that I do for Johnny Wall here um, as a last-round 12-team league player. So the roster. Talked about Wall just then. This this show's gone quick. John Wall, I think, will start. But I don't know. It could be Jackson. That's up in the air. I think they'll start Norman Powell. (sighs) They might not. Marcus Morris would be the other one who I think is just horrendously overrated as a player. Um, they might start him. Regardless, Powell is not going to have the same opportunity 
that he had in Portland last season or that he had when he arrived at the Clippers last season where he was playing without Kawhi and without Paul George for some of that. So Norman Powell last season was 89th in 32 minutes. I don't... He relies on really high-level shooting and good usage, and I think usage drops. Not sure what else he's bringing, assists or points or assists or rebounds or steals. They're not really coming. To me... Norman is like a 10th through 11th round player. His ADP on fan tracks is 140, which actually presents a little bit of value. ESPN's at 114, Yahoo 112, and that's probably about the right spot. But he might not even start. Maybe he plays 27 minutes and gets nowhere near this. I like Paul George this year as a second round guy. I like Kawhi as a back end second round guy as well. Again, I wouldn't combine them on the same team because of the schedule stuff and because maybe of the rests. I think they're going to start though, obviously, George and Leonard. And I think Zubats is going to start at center. So I think three guys there, George Leonard Zubats, are all locked in as starters. And then you've got um, Wall or Powell or Jackson or Morris to fill out the two other spots. I don't think there's really much chance of Robert Covington starting. Now, last season, he played 27 minutes a night. It was top 90 for category leagues. Reminder, Robert Covington is not a good points league player and should not really be drafted in points leagues at all. You can draft him in a category league, but that value for him... Um, yeah, that 85. It comes in 27 minutes in Portland and in LA. But again, Paul George was out. Kawhi was out. He got minutes. As I mentioned at the start, I think like he could be the backup center and play 24 minutes a night strictly at center. I don't think he will. I think he'll be the backup. I don't think he'll play 24 strictly there. But he might get 18 minutes at center and six minutes at power forward. We know what he does, though. He doesn't score, but he gets steals and blocks in a big amount. That brings us to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl question. It's about old mate Robert Covington, who, again, was able to maintain and somehow find fantasy basketball relevance despite looking like he wouldn't, because he wouldn't in Portland. He couldn't do it. Then he went to LA, played minutes at center, a bunch of guys went out, and his minutes went high. He played 23 games for the Clippers. Covington did last season. And he only played 22 minutes a night. That's your question. How many minutes a night did Robert Covington play for the Clippers? 22. Remember that when drafting. That he played 22 minutes a night without Paul George, without Kawhi, without Norman Powell, without John Wall. He played 22 minutes a night. He still blocked 1.3 shots and 1.2, no, 1.2 blocks and 1.3 steals he got, which are obviously great. But he only played 22 minutes a night. He also shot 45% from three while he was there, boosting his numbers as well. Be aware of that. He was like he was top 80 in fantasy in that time because 50% from the field, which if you know Robert Covington, you know 50% from the field is just insane to expect from him. 1.2 steals, 1.2 blocks, 5 rebounds, and 2 threes on that 45% shooting. I would not go particularly high on drafting Covington. And he's not. He's 130 on Fantrax, 115 Yahoo. Steals and blocks guy with scope to decrease. Batum, like he's just going to be there. 156th last season. Sort of the same numbers, I guess, again, but no scoring. Some steals and blocks, some threes. Just unfun as a fantasy option at this point in his career, more of a stream option and deeper league player. 
Reggie Jackson really struggles for fantasy. He never rebounds. He's putrid with steals. He's low volume threes. He doesn't get to the line despite having good percentages or good free throw percentage. And opportunity. Even if the minutes stayed the same, usage and assist opportunities will decrease this year. So he's just not someone you want to look at really in the top 150 at all. In a points league, there's a bit more value. He was 130. Sorry, he was 95th last season. But again, all those factors tie into him not doing it again. Marcus Morris, yeah, no, nah, I talked about him already. I'm not interested. Last later round, I'm not to try again. Deeper leagues, yeah. 16 teamers, he's been undervalued, especially on fan tracks. But otherwise, no, we're not that keen. Terrence Mann, someone who people loved last season. Kawhi's out, Mann's going to step up. And I don't know. He didn't, did he? Did he really step up? I don't know. I thought he was okay. He was 168th, 29 minutes a game. But he didn't break out. And now this season, where does he play? Behind Powell? Kawhi, Paul George, Jackson Wall. Does he get minutes or Canard get minutes? Because one of them is going to miss out. So, man, he's got an ADP of fan tracks of 260. That's probably way too low. He doesn't have one on Yahoo, which is the right call. Um, and on ESPN, is at 140, which is their default. I don't think he's a 12-team league player. Nor do I think Luke Canard is, who somehow is going at 131 on Yahoo. But that shooting is vital. Could he get those minutes instead of man? But legitimately, there are 10 players you can easily say are better than him on this roster. And that's not including Amir Coffey, who had a really nice season last year. And then, look, where does Coffey and Boston, who played well last year, where do they play? Canard, Coffey, and Boston, on a healthy team, don't play most nights, I would guess. So the fantasy value is pretty limited. Moses Brown's been a guy who's put up stats in the past, but there's a reason he can't cut cut it with teams. is because he doesn't actually play Good NBA basketball at this point in his career. He's still just 23, but I really don't have faith in him becoming a full-time NBA rotation player, despite the occasional good fantasy game that he has. He's still 23, so there's some room for growth, but he might not make the final roster here. But watch it, just in case. Jason Preston's got some upside, but he's a long way back. And then Musa Diabete. Diabete? I always pronounce that one wrong. Second round pick. It's a two-way player. We're just not going to see him play, I would guess. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think we're going to see him play. Anyway, that'll do it for me today on the Clippers Show. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.